Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavad Gita as it is translation and commentary by His Divine Grace Shiva A.C. Bhaktivedanta Prabhupada and the Acharya of Iskand Nadyashnatas to Yogosti Nadyashnatas to Yogosti Nachai Kanta Manashnataha Nachai Kanta Manashnataha Nachati Svapna Shilasya Nachati Svapna Shilasya Jagrato Naiva Charjuna Jagrato Naiva Charjuna So these are these are common sense principles that you can't be a balanced person, what to speak of being a yogi, if you eat too much or eat too little, sleep too much or don't sleep too much. What is eating too much or eating too little or sleeping too much or sleeping too little for one person may be different to that of another. For instance, Bhima Singh, one of the five Pandavas, he is famous for eating a lot, but he's also famous for performing heroic activities. His requirement is to eat so much. So the general rule is eat what you can digest, or a little less. If, you, little eat, if you eat too much, the, the excess food which is not digested turns to poison within the system and causes disease. In youth, when the senses are very strong, there is a tendency to misuse the body. The body in youth can usually take a lot of misuse. That even though the body is not treated properly, it quickly recovers and we feel full of youthful vigor. But after some time, the misuse of the body puts a strain on the body. And due to increasing age, the body cannot recover as quickly as it did before. Due to excessive overeating, poisons accumulate in the body and eventually cause chronic diseases. So what to speak of yogis, even ordinary people in the Vedic culture, understood all these principles. Even we see in any culture in the world, people they knew how to live a life in harmony with nature. Just like we see the Red Indians in North America, they actually many of them were uh, vegetarians, but those who had meat, they used to just kill the animal exactly according to their requirement. But when they was, there used to be thousands of bison, which is one kind of like a, one like a cow, huge animal, mm -hmm. which used to roam all over North America, like, like a buffalo. There used to be hundreds and thousands of them. But when the Western man came to North America for sport, he used to kill them. So now there are no bison left. So in a more advanced culture, people, they know how to live in harmony with nature for the purpose of spiritual elevation. How to treat the body so that it works properly. These are just basic common sense principles. If you eat too much, you feel sleepy, you feel sick. If you eat too little, after some time your body feels weak. The mind may also be agitated due to desire for food. Actually, when one becomes more spiritually advanced, then he can decrease his intake of food. He can decrease his sleeping. About the six Goswamis, it is said, they conquered over eating and sleeping. They used to eat just a, a few chickpeas or a little buttermilk every one or two days. Chickpeas for 
So this went on for some time. Then after some time, became steady and just stayed in the temple. So after a few years, his parents came to visit the temple and said, "Well, we're very happy to see that our son is uh, steadily situated here." But one thing we could never understand: when he first joined, every few weeks he used to come home, and he used to get this huge cooking pot, and he cooked this uh, preparation. We never saw it before. It was made of uh, farina. You know that is farina. And butter and sugar and water and raisins. <laughs> <laughs> he used to cook this huge pot, and then he used to stand in front of it with a bell, saying some funny <laughs> prayers. Then he'd sit down and eat for the next one and a half hours, and then he'd go to sleep for about one or two days, and then he'd go back to the temple. So that's actually one of the gurus in our movement. No? <laughs> As Kalpad once said, we are all devotees of prasadam. There's another devotee was telling me. That uh, he knew so many devotees who they joined the temple, and uh, new devotees—they're quite neophyte and they were struggling. They found it difficult to get up at four o'clock in the morning in the winter and take a cold shower, and to go out on the streets all day in the cold weather. So many of them—they used to think, "Well, I think I'll leave. I can't stand." So let me see. It's only three days to the Sunday feast. So after the Sunday feast, I leave. So after the Sunday feast, they thought, "Well, Krishna consciousness is quite good after all." <laughs> so anyway, let me stay. And anyway, they couldn't go anywhere because they couldn't move anywhere. <laughs> and then maybe again by Wednesday or Thursday, they're thinking. So anyway, like this, they gradually, 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 slowly became fixed up. Prabhupada also in the first temple of Iskon in New York, he used to have a big. Jar of gulabjamins in the corner, called Iskon bullets, because Prabhupada was trying to do his translation work, and then all the all the new bhaktas would come in and say, Prabhupada, I can't find my socks and things like this. <laughs> so Prabhupada told him, you don't have too many problems. Don't bother me. Just go and shoot yourself with an Iskon bullet. So here in this purport, Prabhupada is, Krishna says not to eat too much, but Prabhupada stresses on the point. That we shouldn't eat food which is not offered to Krishna. So that is the main principle: don't eat anything which is not offered. And in the beginning, we may feed our devotees even more than the physical requirement. That is one way of、uh, making people feel good, to get their bodies filled up with prasadam. You could say it's a slight type of sense gratification, because devotees are leading、uh, an austere life. So just a little. License to enjoy something, take prasad. So often devotees, newer devotees, they're thinking, "How will I ever control the time? I always eat too much." But practically speaking, that comes automatically in course. You don't even have to worry about it too much. You just think how to serve Krishna, and if we get absorbed in that, then our eating and sleeping will become automatically regulated. Because、uh, we won't automatically, we won't want to eat too much or sleep too much because we、we'll、know that. It will adversely affect my body. Then I won't be able to serve properly. So sometimes people ask, "Well, how much exactly should we eat, or how much exactly should we sleep?" But it's different for every person. For one person,、uh, one one large piece of bread a day may be enough. For another, he may need five or six pieces. Someone may require even more, depending on the work he's doing, the season if it's very cold, and how much sleep do you need? Here, Prabhupada says that anyone who takes more than six hours is influenced by the mode of ignorance. And generally, Prabhupada wanted to push his disciples to sleep less than six hours. Here, in this well-known quote, he says not to sleep more than six hours a day. In one purport in the Bhagavatam, he says not more than seven hours a day. 
In one conversation, he said absolutely maximum eight hours a day for a devotee. But the point is that we want to minimize. Sleeping is like a death condition. We sleep just enough to refresh the body so that we can serve Krishna. This idea of taking pleasure in sleeping is completely in the mode of ignorance. It's like the karmis, if they get a holiday, they think, oh, now I can sleep late. I can sleep till 11 o'clock in the morning. Actually, previously, even ordinary people, they used to rise early in the morning. Now with this TV culture, people stay up late watching TVs and videos, and they think it a great privilege if they have a holiday, then they can sleep late, spoiling their life. Anyway, when they get up, they're also spoiling their life because they don't know how to properly utilize their time. Even when they get up from their uh-huh. sleep, they also waste their life because they don't know how to utilize it. So devotees lead a sensible life. The English saying is, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Uh, according to Ayurveda also, even one hour of sleep before the middle of the night is, is worth two hours afterwards. Yeah, if, in other words, you may think, I'll take rest at 12 o'clock mm-hmm. and then sleep. If I take rest and get up late, but Ayurveda recommends you, get, you take rest early. Oh, yeah. Better to take rest early and get up early. Because rest earlier in the night is more beneficial. Thus, of course, rising early is very important for spiritual advancement. Because the early time of the day is uh, it's essential to utilize that part of the day for spiritual activities. Someone who sleeps regularly up to 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, they cannot advance properly in Krishna consciousness. So these are all basic common sense principles for helping our advancement in Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. Is there any question? He feels himself very difficult when he sleeps six hours. When he sleeps uh, six hours a day, he is feeling himself very bad and he can uh, work properly and uh, he has headache and maybe there is some practice to reduce uh, some... Yeah, that's what I said. What may be nec- what may, may be too much sleep or too little sleep for one person is different from someone else. By practice, you congratulate the priest. It's not that uh, at the time of death that, uh, that the angel is standing there saying, no, you can't go to the kingdom of God because on November the 17th, 1992, you slept six hours and one minute. That's it, finished. No hope for you. Mm-hmm. Go to hell. Eternal damnation. <coughs> Burn in hell forever. We are timing you. One minute over. <laughs> Send him to hell forever. Not like that. Is it a bird to sleep in the middle of Yes and no. It's uh, for strictly practicing yogis and brahmacharis, they shouldn't. But uh, Prabhupada himself did it. Of course, he hardly slept at night. And another point is if you need it, then you may have to take it. I know myself, just living in India, like everyone else, in the hot season, it's so hot in the middle of the day. Everyone takes rest for half an hour, one hour. One important point is to be regulated. Uh, As much as possible to eat and sleep and do all these things at the same time every day. That's very helpful for making the mind steady. The problem is that if we say, yes, it's all right to take a little rest in the day, which it is, there's no... Just if you need to make your head clear, 
to go on with your service for the rest of the day, there's no harm to take a little rest. But the problem is that if we say this, then someone taking this as an excuse will be uh, absent from everyone's vision for like three, four hours at a stretch during the day. So a little, little nap is okay. You know what a nap is? A nap means a short but excessive sleeping in the day is not a question. If Krishna is a supreme enjoyer, then why we are enjoying? Because uh, he should be enjoyed. Why are we enjoying? Well, we're enjoying in this material world because we wanted to enjoy separately from Krishna. So Krishna has kindly given us the facility enjoy in this material world. But the point is that this enjoyment is not actually enjoyment. It's only a very frustrated attempt, a frustrating attempt at enjoyment. Where is the enjoyment when you have to repeatedly die, get born again and suffer old age and disease? It's just like it's a tradition all over the world that people who are sentenced to death, they're usually executed just early in the morning. So it's a tradition all over the world that the night before they're asked, what would you like to eat? And then they can choose any nice food they like. Yeah, the day before they're to be executed. Put to death. Shot, hung, poisoned, electric chair. So can the man who's going to be shot the next morning, can he get enthusiastic? Oh, that's great. Bring me some sausages and some, uh, some baked beans and some toast and some butter. So we may, this is our position, we're trying to enjoy, but we're frustrated, because we know yeah, that's spiritual We enjoy when we serve Krishna, then we actually enjoy. That, but that enjoyment is the enjoyment of serving Krishna. That is a natural byproduct of serving Krishna. We, we enjoy as secondary enjoyers. That's Krishna's mercy on us. Devotee becomes happy by serving Krishna and seeing him happy. Krishna also becomes happy seeing his devotees happy. So it's a very happy situation. Because everyone's trying to, Krishna's trying to make his devotees happy and devotees are trying to make Krishna happy. Devotees, they like to see Krishna nicely decorated. They offer him all nice foods and garlands. And Krishna enjoys these things. And the devotees enjoy seeing Krishna enjoy. So it's quite different from the attitude of materialistic sense enjoyers who think, let me enjoy. Just like this whole idea of fashion, it's just imitating Krishna. Krishna is the supreme dresser. So when we dress with fashions to try to attract, especially it's meant for attracting the opposite sex, and that's just trying to imitate Krishna. We don't become happy. So any other question? All right, we'll finish then. Early to bed, early to rise. Makes a devotee ecstatic in Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Shri Lakhupadi Kunja.